I think I'm gonna start now, talk a little bit about uh, Mikela. My name is Jakob, I work for, uh, for Mikkel as a general manager in Mikela. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, where we are at Mikela. I'm, uh, I have to disappoint you and tell you that I'm not really a beer guy, so if you have questions about the yeast strings of Lambicus something, I'm not the person to ask. Uh, of course, I can help you uh, in, in many ways, but that's probably not where, uh, where you will get the most information from me. I was really inspired by the by, by your story and actually uh, the story that I'm going to tell you now is very much a story about a crazy person taking a chance uh, starting something that, that was very insecure at the time the only difference is that we are maybe uh, eight or nine years ahead of you we are at a complete different place than, than you are now but there are many many similarities in the, in the two stories so it was for me it was great to hear that story one of the biggest challenges that we have now is to stay small while we're actually becoming a very, very big company. We want to stay where we were, basically, because we want to keep that same feeling and the same uh, control with, with doing the things that we want to do as we did before. But the demand for our beer is, is getting bigger and bigger, and it's getting more and more difficult to actually control that we do it that way. I know that that's, that might be a luxury problem uh, in comparison oh, to the problems you have. Uh, but we are definitely working on that. And you would see that if you compare us to, for instance, Brewdog or some of uh, the other big craft brewers, we are taking a different path. And we are actually spending quite a bit of time on, uh, on trying to do something different and not just being all about the volume. Volume is not so important for us. To us, it's more about actually doing the things that we, that we like and, and producing the beers that we think are the most interesting beers. But it's difficult. It's really difficult because, for instance, in a country like Sweden, where they can sell an awful lot of Mikula beer. It's difficult for us not to uh, sort of go by the demand because we are, of course, also about money in, uh, in the business like, like everybody else are. So it's, it's really difficult for us. I know that you are very knowledgeable about uh, Mikula and, and the stuff we do. So I'm going to do this story about Mikela really, really short. Mikela is, is a story about a, a physics teacher in, uh, in an A-grade level that uh, decided that he should be able to make better beer than everybody else in Denmark was. So he started brewing beer in his kitchen. Uh, he did like 50 liters batches, 100 liter batches, that was what he did. And uh, very soon he started winning actually some competitions. This was back in 2006. And uh, at one point he went to uh, a big festival in Denmark. Not a big festival compared to what you have over here, but in Denmark it's a big festival. And this uh, importer from the States called Shelton, actually found Mikkel. And at that point, he was sort of starting to get not big in Denmark because if we we're talking volume, it was still really, really small. But people were starting to notice that he did different things with beer than everybody else did. He actually sold some of the beer that he made in his kitchen commercially, and you can do that in Denmark. I'm not sure if you, we could do it now, but some of the, you, have to, you need to have a license to actually produce but right now we're producing 50 liter batches still in something that could be somebody's kitchen. Um, and we're gonna keep on producing the small batch things. 
Anyway, Shelton Brothers, they found Mikkel and they started importing it over here. Because of his, his extremely good sense of how to, how to sort of do uh, extreme flavors in, uh, in his beers, he grew bigger and bigger. Last year, we did 850,000 liters beer. We had 40, it's 8,500 hectoliters, I think you use over here. And we are in 42 different countries now, where the states used to be the biggest, but Sweden is now actually uh, starting to take over, which is uh, really interesting. The thing for Mikkel is that ever since he started back in his kitchen, he's been extremely sure about what Mikkel was. He was. Back then he was working with a partner called uh, Christian Keller that, that stepped out of the company. But they were very sure about how they should produce a beer and how... Uh, the flavor should be and what, what the design should look like. They've always been visionary in our way and it's really important for us that we're moving borders in the way that we produce beers. You guys all know that we are gypsy brewers. We don't, apart from like the really small, small batch things that we do, we produce everything uh, at different partner brewers around the world. Where you could say that one of our very important partners has been uh, Shelton Brothers. Another really important uh, partner for us has been the Proof Brewery in Belgium that does maybe 90% of our beer and that they are able to actually work with Mikkel's recipes in a, in a way that that gives us a product that we are satisfied with. The proof, um, I, I know you visited, haven't you? They are extremely anal about the, how they do their stuff it's, and we're really happy to work with them. Mikkel is really keen to, to do uh, sort of new stuff all the time. Last year we put out 91 new beers, which is, I think is a world record. And we have no plans, even though I, as an uh, operational manager, find that as a absolutely crazy and a logistic nightmare. There are no plans to change that. We're going to do it that way because it, it makes perfect sense when you look at the strategy we have. And Mikkel would much rather make a little bit less money and then uh, be the one that makes the most interesting beers. It also means that when, when we talk to people, some people, they say, oh, I had this Mikkel and, and I hated it. But I mean, we range from uh, from the mildest pale ale and pilsner to uh, to the most crazy and funky uh, things on the other side. So, because I live in Denmark and I work in Denmark, and I'm only here for a shortish period, I wasn't able to bring the beer that I really wanted to serve to you. So I had to take what they have here. But I'm really happy about the two beers that they have on tap here today. The first one we're gonna have is is the Glad I Said Uses Stout, which is a fairly mild porter. Sorry. It's called, uh, glad I said, uses stout or porter. I think it's called porter, actually. I even get confused by all those beers. It's ABV around 6.5, maybe 6.8. It's a fairly mild porter, but it's made with juice juice. Some people know it as uh, the most expensive citrus juice in the world. Others know it as just a wonderful citrus juice. And what I hope you will find when you drink it is that it actually gives uh, a really nice balance to the beer. The whole thing, uh, the tart combined with the sweetness of the beer, it's called Glad I Said Yuzu Porter. Orange Yuzu Glad I Said Porter. When it was produced, like three months ago. I think it's about 6.8. Wow, this is interesting. It's almost like kind of Christmas tree-like. Yeah. It has the, yeah. It's very holiday-like beer. This is something I want to break open on Christmas Eve. But it's, but it's not that heavy that you can't drink. Yeah. You can easily drink like two or three of these without a problem. Exactly, yeah. This particular beer basically goes to 42 countries. Yeah. So, But when we're talking 42 countries, for instance, uh, Nigel Gallagher in Chile 
he probably orders one case of this, uh, and that's it. But uh, but but this beer could potentially go to all the 42 countries where. And uh, and while I turn my back, Mikkel probably made an agreement with two more countries, so I have two more countries to take care of when I get home. Yeah, which is nice. This is actually a pretty good example of Mikkel's knowledge of the different produce to use in beer, and it gives different results. And some people like it, and some people don't. But you will you will always find him being uh, trying to find to to move the borders of what you can do with beer, and that makes uh, drinking Mikkel a beer for us uh, or just producing it. It makes it interesting for us. So it's very much about how can you combine the different tastes and stuff like that. On top of doing the beers that we do now. We've started doing some bars, and we have uh, we have two bars in Copenhagen. And with the usual arrogance, Mikkels, Mikkel, when he when he opens a bar, he wants to make it the best bar in the world, and he's like that with everything he does. And I think that's the way to go. In Denmark, we would probably call it arrogant. Over here, it's just looking looking for uh, looking for possibilities. <laughs> we opened two bars in Copenhagen. We are really proud of the bars, and we. Uh, and we think that we are doing a fairly good job there. We have in, in one bar we have 20 taps where the 15 are Michaela beers, and the, the last five are good friends from basically from over here because we very much enjoy the American tradition. On top of that, we, we're starting to distill liquor as well. And, uh, and you say that that rum was probably the least defined, least defined of all the liquor types. We we've made something that we call beer branding, where we take in. Uh, an imperial stout of ours called Black, which is 17 point something percent, and we distill that into a liquor that we call Black. We barely set on different barrels. We have it on sherry barrels. We've had it on peppy uh, bourbon barrels. We find it really interesting, but it's it's new grounds for us, so it's hard for us to move it. We're hoping that with the help of Shelton, that we get it introduced in the states within like three or four months, so we will be uh, competitive. So it's a whiskey. We call it a beer brandy, but it, it's made on, with the basis of, uh, of our imperial stout called yeah. On top of the, the beer brandy that we do, we do also a gin, we do a vodka with hops. We do different, two different vodkas with hops, and we do some, uh, some white dog for that. We're really happy about it, but we're not moving very much of it. We're hoping that, that it will grow. White dog is like a moonshining thing. The last thing that I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you about, about the things that we do now, is our festival. Because we have a big festival in Denmark where we started our own, basically because we thought that the one that there was was boring. So uh, Mikkel, he decided to make the world's best beer festival. So we have a Copenhagen beer celebration that goes down in May, the first weekend of May every year. We've done it two times now. And of course, because we're heavily influenced from American brewing, we bring lots of great brewers over there. So we this year was Three Floyds, it was uh, Surly, it was uh, Westbrook, it was Anchorage, it was you name it. I think we had 25 American brewers. We had a Chinese brewing uh, place. We had Eight Wires from uh, Eight Wire from New Zealand and Mountain Goat from Australia. And we do like a two-day festival that we love doing. We don't make any money on it at all, but it's it's good fun and it's also it helps for us to get more. Uh, sort of uh, get good influence and uh, inspiration and stuff like that. So that's uh, we like that very much and I think we're going to go on doing that for a long time and I hope that some of you might find your way there and please look me up if you do. Talking about bars, this is one of the areas where we are sort of, we have uh, some challenges in, in how we should go because we don't want to open like a string of franchise bars all over the world. We want to work with really great partners that know the areas that we work in so that we make good local bars 
where they can get Mikula beer and the best beer that, that you can find on the market. Right now we are very close to opening a bar in San Francisco. Uh, it's going to open on the 4th of July, I think, I hope. Mm-hmm. It's a good day and it's going to be a really great bar. I'm not going to be able to be there myself, unfortunately, but it looks really awesome. And we're opening in London very soon and there's probably going to pop something else up uh, as well. But we're not going to do like 10, 10 new bars a year, that's not the plan. The next one you're going to have is one of Miguel's signature beers. I'm pretty sure some of you had it before. It's a beer called Thousand IBU. Mikkel's signature for a long time was that he made his beer so extremely hoppy. He sort of moved the borders of what you could do with hops, at least in Europe. Most of the places that he started brewing, they didn't have the equipment to actually brew with that much hops as he uses. This one is called Thousand IBU and it's made to be as hoppy as possible. After making this, he, uh, he made the Thousand IBU light. The difference to this one does not have a multi-base. It's like even more dry than this beer is. It does not have the sweetness of the malt. He changed the, the malt. This is a new version of the Thousand No, this is the Thousand IBU, the original one. Oh, the original one. But I think you'll find it fairly hoppy. Just going to tell you one last thing before I sort of open for questions or whatever. As some of you know, Mikkel has been working with some educational series where he's done two different single hop series so that you can taste the difference from, uh, from different hops. Same base beer, one hop in each beer, 20 for, for one of the series. I think it's, uh, I can't remember, it's 12 for the other one. He's done a, a yeast series as well. The newest idea is actually a single barrel series where he's, he's taking the same base beer, which in this case is a barley wine of 19.3%. He puts it in, uh, in brand new wine barrels that are made from three different producers. So we have three different types of oak, but it's the same, but it's brand new uh, oak, all of it. And then for each producer, he does a lightly toasted and a medium toasted barrel. So we have six, we have six different beers. I only have these two bottles. I carried them myself from Denmark, so uh, please forgive me that I didn't bring all six. Um, you're welcome to uh, open them and, and try them side by side, because I think that you will find that just in these two there are actually quite big differences the difference between these two is that this one has been barrel aged on lightly toasted Dussandre barrels this one has been been barrel aged on medium toasted limousine barrels same base barley wine no differences at all but big differences in the beer I think that was what I planned to say Uh, if you have any questions I'm uh, more than happy to take